<clears throat> Good afternoon to you. It is Friday, February 9th at 3.21 p.m., uh, end of your work week. Uh, Purdue getting ready to square off against IU, uh, what, uh, 20, 27 hours from now? Something like that. Uh, 8 p.m., Saturday evening, God's Country, Mackey Arena. Um, and um, I wanted to apologize to all of you who are... are regulars who are just looking for a distraction from work. Uh, the other day when I did a midweek look ahead at IU, <clears throat> I haven't had many quick casts where I felt bad about them afterwards. I felt bad about that one. I'm not kidding. The, the doorbell ringing and me being up against it time-wise really made me feel uh, compressed. And I don't know if you guys sensed it, but I felt like I owed a little bit um, to you guys who... Take time out of your day just to do a little bit better. And so today I hope to do a little, better, a little bit better, explain to you why I think um, I can do better and uh, tell you a little bit of a statistical backing for some of my gut feelings that I was giving on Wednesday <clears throat> today. Before I do it, let me thank the people who made my sweatshirt. Homefield Apparel. Head over to homefieldapparel.com, enter Boiled23 at checkout. Get 15% off your first order. They've got some new product coming out tomorrow, I think. New Purdue product coming out tomorrow. I think I said it was going to come later this week. I think it's on the 10th. Sorry, I ate something for lunch. It's in my teeth. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to thank uh, my friends, Adam and Jake. Head over to AJ's when you're on campus. Head towards the fire station. AJ's on Vine. Grab a pint grab some Italian beef, grab a burger, grab uh, mac and cheese bites, grab the delicious pretzel appetizer, appetizer, burgers, beef, and beer. That's AJ's. Uh, they are excellent, excellent at what they do. So um, here's what I wanted to talk about. First thing, and some of you talked to me about this. Gosh darn it. Okay, first thing is I wanted to say that I was wrong about one thing. I said IU had won two straight. That was one of the things I was wrong about. Um, IU has won two out of three. They beat, um, and I wrote it down, now I've lost it. Oh, yeah. They beat Iowa in improbable fashion. This is the game I was thinking they had won right before the Ohio State game. They beat Iowa, and they had some injuries, and they fought through it. It was a pretty good effort. Uh, then they lost to Penn State, and they got crushed by Penn State. I think it was a 15-point loss. And then they, um, and then they uh, beat Ohio State. After being down 15, I think I said they were up 15. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, I annoyed me watching some of my own film. So that's part of the reason I had to get back at this. So IU's coming off. Uh, it, it's a decent run for them. IU is in trouble for the tournament, though. And if you are into watching brackets and things like that, IU needs to beat Purdue a whole lot. This is my whole point about Purdue not taking them lightly. IU is not the best shooting team this year. We all know that if you've watched them play at all. They, they are not a good team from deep, but they are a pretty good, pretty scrappy team on defense. Uh, they still are a little bit banged up. I don't know if Xavier Johnson is playing. doesn't matter. Purdue needs to take them seriously. They need to take them very seriously and take the threat seriously of a team that is backed into a corner. IU needs every win they can get. They especially need a big quad one win on a, on a, a huge stage. Um, this is a game that much of the nation will be watching, and IU, I think... I think we'll try to give it the old college try, and you'll see some high effort out of the Hoosiers. Uh, Galloway plays well against Purdue. Typically, he's coming off a very big game versus Ohio State. 
why wouldn't they be dialed in? So I'm hoping Purdue is ready. One thing I've always said, regardless of what year it was, if you if you look back, I've been consistent on this. I generally love Purdue coming off of a long break. And it's not because um, it's an automatic guaranteed success because we all can think of a game or two where Purdue came off of a, a close to week break and they looked a little flat. But the reason I like it is because I think Painter is so good at getting these guys into practice where they're nice and comfortable and he starts finding out what they can tune in, where they can dial up, and where the team can get better. This is where midseason Painter is as good as anybody. We can talk about Painter's downfalls and his detriments during games. Sometimes the in-game adjustments leave a little bit to be lacking. But there's nobody in America at building a program, nobody better at preparing a team, in my opinion. And I think we'll see that from Purdue. And I like Purdue off a long break. Another interesting factoid coming this game. So you have six games, six days off before the IU game. Then before Minnesota, another home game, another game at Mackey. Got five days off. Okay, and I'm going to dig into the schedule a little bit because I think, here's why I said, when I really screwed up, I think I jumped the gun on my analysis of parallels from this and last season. I thought it would be a good idea to say, okay, Last year they were 22 and two. This year they're 21 and two. There's some some parallels there. They were coming off an IU loss. They're going into an IU game. <clears throat> but my big problem where I jumped the gun is I'm a little bit ahead. I'm about two weeks ahead of where everyone started really gripping. Purdue fans started really gripping, and I went back and I looked at what I was saying a year ago, and it really wasn't for another two weeks that I was bothered or worried or just trying to hope for the end of the season. So maybe in two weeks, I will revisit this again. One, another really good piece of news. We'll go over each, I'll go over each of the games remaining on Purdue's schedule real quickly here in a second. But they don't have anything less than a three-day break for the rest of the season. This end of the schedule lines up really well. In my opinion, you look ahead at the schedule and I said, I think Purdue's going to lose one game, meaning they'll be 7-1. and one to end the season. If they do that, I think they win the Big Ten Championship going away. We've watched now. Uh, Wisconsin is officially in a bit of a tr bit of trouble, bit of, bit of a tailspin, three straight losses. Most recently, they lose to Michigan. I think Illinois is coming on strong uh, with Terrence Shannon back in the lineup. They are a better team, of course, like everybody thought they would. Damascus is very, very good. Hawkins is a jerk. These are things that you got to take into account. And Purdue plays them in Champaign. That's a big deal. That's the game that if I were going to worry about just one, that'd be the game I'd worry about. But there are tons of potential pitfalls. I'll talk a little bit about that as I break this down. Before I do it, let me look at a couple things. I wanted you guys to see this and hear this because I did a little bit of research on this year compared to last year. And one of the things I came away with was the more things change, the more they stay the same, or the more things stay the same, um, how little they change. However you want to look at this, I can't really think of very good poet, uh, poetry to this, but one thing that I came up with, it's incredible how similar this team is to last year. We all talked about, Jay talked about it back in November, December. This is the same thing. But statistically, they're very similar with one or two really big exceptions. And I just realized I didn't look at last year's, but I know Purdue is way ahead in this. Okay, so first off, Purdue, one thing they are way better at, absolutely better at, is they are just a better scoring team. Overall offense, this year, they score 85.3 points a game. Last year, last year at the end of the season, 72.7. That's a huge jump. But one thing you may not, may not be aware of if you don't go digging into numbers just for the fun of numbers, you may say, wow, Purdue's defense is notably better. And I agree, it is notably better. Purdue's done a lot of things this year where they've had big leads. That's a very big difference from last year where 
They didn't have many games where you're like, okay, let's sit the starters for a little bit and get some other guys some playing time. So, so that's a little different. But the way this all shows up is pretty unusual, okay? Defensively, Purdue is much worse statistically in points allowed. Just that straight stat. Last year, they were 22nd in America and allowed 60, uh, 62.7 points a game. This year, they averaged 70 points. A, they averaged allowing 70, 70 points a game. So that's allowing eight more points. That's a big deal. That's different. But the net, really, with the offensive firepower that we see, is really produced five points better than they were last year. Does that matter? Not really. The schedule is kind of similar in that they Purdue played such a tough November, December. Again, but the Big Ten is decidedly weaker. I think everybody would say that, and that's part of the reason these next eight games don't scare you as much as they did last year because, for instance, Purdue had IU coming again in the schedule, and they had Hood Shafino. We've all talked about that is a very, very big difference. Hood Shafino is a difference maker that IU doesn't have. But that's not all that's different. The schedule was a little bit tougher top to bottom in the Big Ten. Okay, a couple other things that I wanted to look at <clears throat> and share with you. First one, Zach Eady is steady Eddie. He is... Incredibly similar to last year. Last year at the end of the season, 22 points, 13 boards, and um, a block. Uh, this year, 23 points, uh, 12 boards, and 1.7 blocks. I think that's right. Um, so he stands pat. Um, he's, I think he's better uh, situationally. I think he's more of a threat on defense to just make a difference and turn teams around. He's doing, to me, it looks like everything is being done better by him. But statistically, the story is different, right? And this is one of the things that's really interesting. There are a couple other really interesting, I don't know if they're anomalies or what you want to call them. Um, so if you look at the uh, the guys who are the big difference makers in the lineup, Edie is down a minute from last year. He plays a minute less than he did per game last year. Smith is up two minutes. That's not a surprise because he's been so effective and he's really been the guy who, he's always in the game. He's, he's always in the game. Lawyer is down two and a half minutes and I think that comes to a number of things, but it's not because he's playing worse. He's he's playing uh, he's playing better statistically. He's shooting the three better. Uh, I think he's up ten percent uh, in his three points ma- three pointers made. Um, and Gillis is down just a minute from last year. In spite of the fact that he's not a starter, he's down a minute. TKR is up five minutes. He plays five minutes more than he used to statistically. He's pretty similar. And Gillis is almost exactly a twin, a statistical twin of what he was last year. I talked to somebody recently, and I'm not going to really tell much about where I met this person or anything, but he just says Gillis is on a mission this year, and he is very close to the program, and uh, it got my attention because if you look at Gillis, a lot of people have said, man, he looks mad this year. He looks upset. Early in the season, a lot of Purdue fans thought it was minutes. He was upset about minutes. That's not really the case. He's really not upset about minutes. According to this guy, who I think is a really good person to talk to, because he is so connected to the program, he just says he's on a mission. He's different. Um, so let's look at one other really key stat. Really key stat. Maybe the biggest stat of Purdue's success. One of the old adages in college basketball you hear over and over is you live by the three, you die by the three, right? Last year, last year Purdue was 200, wait, that's wrong. This year they're uh, 215th in America in Three-pointers attempted, 215th, okay? And at the same time, they're fourth in America, fourth in the nation in three-pointers made. If you're going to look at one thing that's a big difference, that's probably the biggest thing you can, um, you can speak to. If you look at Purdue on the, on the 
the really dialed in analytics, where, where they are, where they are in the nation, they're rock solid. They're really, really good in a lot of categories. They're like fourth to ninth in a lot of categories. But that's the whole thing. They are a great team in its total, and there's some. Um, but the big thing is not relying so much on the three and just being better at taking smarter shots. I looked at Lance Jones' stats, too. I wanted to explain uh, it, to compare those to last year at Southern Illinois. The funny thing is he plays many fewer minutes than he did at Southern Illinois. He's very similar scoring as he was uh, per points per game at Southern Illinois. His three-point shooting average is a little bit up from last year, but it's not his best of his career. His sophomore year, he hit like 42.9%, if I'm remembering correctly. I didn't write that down in my beautiful notebook here. But the, the whole point is, he's playing, it's it's like what, what I said, when I just feel better about the team, it's not really, it doesn't really play out in the numbers. And that's noteworthy to me. It's interesting to me. So, um... A couple other things I want to talk about before looking at the schedule real quick is the culture, the culture of Purdue. And I put that picture of uh, Edie diving and getting the ball out of his hands very quickly to Jones when they played at Ash Hall um, a month ago. Everybody talked about, and I pointed out, how much different it is that you have a, your best player and one of the best players in America and one of the most dominant players in college basketball in the last 20 years who's diving for a ball and getting it out of his hands to, to be selfless. This stuff matters. This is a big deal. And I, if you're going to say there are two cliches that everybody talks about, the guys at Sleepers talked about, effort was another thing I wanted to look at. Culture and effort are things that are very cliche when you're dealing with uh, the media's take on college basketball teams. But if you're going to say there's something right with Purdue, if you're going to say there's there's just some things that are great, number one, they always attack the glass. Purdue always attacks the glass. Regardless of who is playing on painter teams, those teams go after rebounds. They go after boards. They wear teams out on the glass. They frustrate them on the glass. They extend possessions. They don't give teams a lot of second and third looks. That's one thing, and that is effort. The guys at Sleeper says, oh, well, good teams can always point at effort. And... Um, uh, and they say the guys that are, you know, they're really good basketball players don't try very hard. And that's true. That's true. But not everybody has the ability to have four and five-star guys flooding their roster, flooding their lineup. Purdue has some talented guys, some highly, somewhat uh, highly touted guys. But really, that effort and that culture really do matter. And I don't mean to sound like a cliche, but I did want to talk about it. All right, let me look at the... Um, the remaining schedule, real quickly here, just go through it just to give you an idea. If you haven't done it, if you haven't had time to do it, and you've been curious, why not do it now? Of course, uh, next up, IU at Mackey Arena. Um, boy, tickets are expensive. Uh, if you're looking to get tickets, because I, I see this on Twitter every now and again, I'm going to be in town. Who's got a ticket for me? Uh, if you want to get tickets, the starting price for a ticket for the IU game is right around 250 bucks. So good luck with that. Um, that's that's probably worth every penny if you're a Purdue fan, I think. So IU, then five days later, they'll play Minnesota at Mackey again. That's another late tip-off, 8.30. There's no 9 o'clock tip-offs left, but those 8.30 tip-offs, as we found out this season, can real quickly become 8.50 tip-offs, close to 9 o'clock. After that, they're going to play another Sunday game at Ohio State. This is a 1 o'clock tip-off. This is a another game that I'd say it's kind of tricky. It's tricky in that Ohio State is a team that they're not really hungry for the tournament. They're just trying to 
Depends on how much uh, they like Holtman. The players like Holtman to me. I think he's a guy that's circling the drain pretty pretty heavily right now. They're in a lot of trouble. So can they rally around their coach? Do they have enough in the tank to do that? And everyone's going to be watching. Those, Saturday, those Sunday afternoon games are kind of big for program, for perception, whatever you want to say. Every game to me looks important. And this next one, after a four-day break, Purdue will play Rutgers, a 7 p.m. tip-off. And this one's in Mackey again. And if this, this is another thing to put some ghosts to bed, be, to sweep Rutgers, that's one of those ghosts to really, really put it away. After that, at Michigan, Michigan all of a sudden looking like a team with a will, with a pulse, whatever you want to say, versus Wisconsin. We'll see how that plays out. There's four Purdue games before they, before they play Michigan. We'll see what happens with Michigan. If I were a betting man, I'd say Michigan probably will look better than they have the last 10 in the next four or five games. But will they look good is the question. I don't know. Michigan State's another dangerous team. So after five days, another five-day break, Purdue plays uh, versus Michigan State at Mackey. So the schedule makers did us, uh, or the schedule making computer did Purdue a favor there. Only one game versus Michigan State, and it's at Mackey. And then the game that I think you should have circled on your calendar if you're a Purdue fan on March 5th. So after a three-day break, Purdue will play at Illinois. If you've been following on Twitter and other places, Illinois fans being petty, doing what they do, looking like the victim. They're very angry. Even Hawkins talking about this is the game he's looking forward to. Like I said, I think Illinois will drop one or two before then. And I'm not so sure Purdue will. But that's a game that I think Illinois is going to want really, really badly. Illinois is one of the few teams in the conference that can go straight up with Purdue. They have talent all over the court. They're very, very good. Damask is a guy that Purdue Still hasn't figured out. A lot of teams haven't figured out. And if they can bottle him up, if Painter can figure out a scheme, Painter and Coach Johnson can figure out a scheme to to really hold down Damask, I think they're going to be in good shape. I think Shannon's going to get his points. But Damask is the guy that seems to kill teams when Illinois is playing really well. Then Purdue will end the season in Macarena, senior night versus Wisconsin on March 10th. And so that's it. That's it. That's the regular season. After that, I would assume Purdue will have a double bye in the um, in the Big Ten tournament. Of course, right now, if the Big Ten tournament were to take place, Purdue would have that double bye. But boys and girls, it's all coming to an end. Um, it's uh, this last part's going to fly, even though we have had in the past. I think last year. This is another thing I could look at, but I did not look at less space in the last eight, eight games. I'm almost positive Purdue had less space. Less time to recover, less time to take a deep breath. Lance Jones joked around. Um, he joked around about um, being old and needing a break. I think it was tongue in cheek. Obviously, you know he's he's the oldest guy on the team, but he's not an old man at all, and he seems to be getting stronger. He's playing smarter. Everything I look, everything I see out of Lance Jones is positive for me. And if you guys can disagree, you can tell me in the comments here. Before I get into the comments, I'm going to do two things. One, I'm going to Painter had a comment in his in one of his press um, hallway press interviews that they do right now, and he talked about he was pretty adamant. Uh, Newbert asked him a question about um, load management and watching minutes, and did he do it? He was real sharp and real direct. He said no. And one thing I found when I looked at the minutes last year compared to this year. The minutes are very similar. I think Painter is not going to do that. I don't think he sees that. His whole point was guys are going to run one day, uh, and if you if you don't play them one day in the game, the next day in practice they're going to run. Running's running. I would disagree a little bit because of the physical pounding these guys take in a Big Ten game. 
But this year, generally, in most games, Purdue has been able to exert their will and not allow the other team to define what style of play they're going to have. Purdue has been the bully, if you will. And I think that will continue, and we will see if I'm right. But one thing that you as a fan and I need, as a fan need to know and understand is this is Matt Painter's philosophy. This is a longer philosophy. It's not just this year. He has the guys in the game who are going to win the game. He's not going to baby somebody or put them on the rack, put them on the shelf for an extra five, seven, ten minutes for March to prepare for tournaments. That's not his way. So I thought that was noteworthy. All right, uh, let me see. Yeah, I think that's about it. Those are all the points I wanted to hit. I hope you feel better about today because I already feel better about today. I'm not hurrying. I don't feel like I'm acting like a moron. It's, this is all positive. So I uh, do appreciate you turning in. Many of you guys are here. Not as many as Wednesday, sadly. I had so many people here. And uh, and I wet down my leg. Chris Harder is the first one in the comment. Hey, hey, how are you, Chris? Good to, good to see and hear from you. MHC says, good afternoon. Dick Stillwagon, yo. Moel93 is here. Uh, you screw up never. God bless you. Well, I did. I felt like I screwed up. I do appreciate the positive words, but I didn't feel great about it. Um, let's see. Dick Stillwagon is the title an ISU reference. Uh, I screwed up. Oh, no, it's not. And I know, uh, I think you're an uh, Indiana State fan because your connection, your family connection. No, Indiana State deserves to be ranked. I think that's what we're talking about. Um, Indiana State's a very good team. They deserve to be No. ISU, I screwed up. No, I screwed up because I screwed up. Like, there's nothing else in there. And my son said, you know, you need to do one of those stupid faces where, you know, like, this is how you get clickbait. And I'm like, I don't know if I got a clickbait face, but I'm told this helps. Like, people, when people are doing a quick search, I don't think my search, my, my face sells anything. I know the guys and girls that are on here live, it's not that that gets you on here, but I, I'm just trying something. So if, if you don't like seeing that, I'm sorry. If you don't like hearing this, that's just for all you guys. I don't care. Um, the reason I don't care is because, uh, I like I said, I'll say it again. It's about the buffering that occurs when I start a show. And rather than just stand there and look stupid, I thought I'd have a thing, a hook. And so that's why I jingle the ice. And I, I like doing it. All right, uh, Chris Curtis says the home field stuff is out now. Okay, there you go. So this tells the home field stuff, the new stuff is out. Chris is, Chris Curtis is on it. So head over to homefieldapparel.com right after you get off this, listening to this podcast. Check out the new Purdue gear. I haven't checked it out yet, so I need to do that. And they've been pretty good. Their releases are they're pretty awesome. And so, okay, check it. Check them out. Thank you for that info. Ryan Michael Anthony Harrington, the long, the longest uh, username here, um, says thoughts on doing a bobblehead promotion for the IU game. Doesn't seem like a game that needs anything extra. Yeah, there's a weird thing. They've done that the last couple years where you've had bobblehead nights. And if Ron Gable, he's not on here, it doesn't look like Ron Gable has like every bobblehead that they've released in the last decade, pretty much. Um, and I've got a couple, and they've all been noteworthy games. It seems to me. Somebody can tell me I'm wrong. That's okay, but. They've all been good games. It hasn't been like, you know, you're playing um, Hampton uh, in December, right? They seem to be really, really good games. And I don't know why they do it. I think it may be a thank you to season ticket holders, you know, because the season ticket holders, there are a lot of season ticket holders who buy their tickets. They get rid of some of the games that are less exciting, but they're there for IU. So maybe that's the whole thing. I don't know. 
Jeff says, what's wrong? Uh, I don't know what was wrong with me. Everything's good now. It wasn't very good Wednesday. So, um, and I told you, it's just, it's just, I needed to, I need to do better. Um, so I, I, I try to, I try to do this show well, honestly. I didn't feel good about it. Jay asked me, he said, how was the show? I saw that you posted and I was like, don't waste your time. I, it, it's, it sucks. <laughs> and he said, no, it was fine. Yeah, fine. So then he made a smart ass comment in the, in the comments. So anyway, yeah, I just wanted to do better. That's it. And I think there was more information to take to this thing. And I rushed it. I thought midweek would be perfect time to post. So I apologize. Ted Berge says, IU won because Ohio State was given up on the season. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping. I, I really, I hope Ohio State's completely just uh, mailing it in, especially when they play Purdue at Ohio State. The history of Purdue playing at the Value City Arena or whatever it's called now. Um, is it Schottenstein Value City Arena? Whatever it is, um, is Purdue's success rate's not good. This team is good because this team wins a lot of games, but uh, it's still a game. I get bad, bad feelings um, when I think Purdue's going to Ohio State, so that's just me. Um, Ted Berkey again says, look for Edie, 30 points and a good day against the Boilers. That's what the guys at Sleepers think. They think Edie's going to go have a, what they call it, a really good day uh, for Edie, an exceptional day for anybody else. I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, Woodson is already complaining about the fouls. Awesome. Mentally, he is not ready for this team. Uh, yeah, and I hope I hope they're not ready. And I've seen some of that stuff already. I think it's great. Um, Illinois still has a few road games. I don't think they go without a loss. I completely agree, Ted. Um, I think Illinois has some challenges that Purdue really doesn't have. I like Purdue's schedule a lot. I love this stretch for Purdue. And I think if you can go seven and one, I think you win. Like I said, I said this the other day. I think you win by two games if you go seven and one in this final stretch here. And I also think one of those losses uh, might sober Purdue up a little bit, meaning get them sharpened, just get them dialed in, and that's that's nothing but positive in my opinion. Todd Singer says Greer Air Greer Air from from Illinois keeps jumping on the backs of other players. Um, yeah, uh, Illinois has got an issue. Uh, Ed Albanese, well. Let's look at that and look at the way Hawkins plays every game. Hawkins manages not to foul out a whole bunch, um, but he, boy, he whines. And so that, that whenever I see that, it bothers me because you've got, whenever you have a demonstrative whiner, not pay for it, uh, a la, you know, Chris Collins getting a $5,000 fine after, you know, all the histrionics during the Purdue game, not after the Purdue game. That stuff, and Hawkins never gets called out, never gets technical fouls, um, so whatever. Ed Albanese says, uh, I'm getting uh, really annoyed at sleepers. They look like amateurs sometimes. Yeah, see, I like sleepers a lot. The last week or 10 days has tested me a bit. Um, I don't like anything that gets towards just stirring the pot for no good reason, but I understand why they move that way. They claim they don't. Uh, in fact, um, Greg Waddell got really pissed off, I think a week ago, if you if you watch them, really angry, demonstrably angry at um, somebody and some fan base calling them out. I got angry at them, you know that, and it caused me to put a reaction post up because I didn't like the fact that they were um, taking away importance of Purdue's wins by saying it was all officiating. And I've cleared that up. I don't want to talk about that anymore. I think Sleepers is really solid. I think they're entertaining. They're fun to watch. I think one of the, the, the secrets in the sauce there is those guys seem to really like each other. 
I've always said that's a big that's a big difference. One thing I love about when I when we have a handsome hour here, and obviously we do it more during football season than we do in basketball, is we get along. And when we talk, the conversation comes pretty naturally, and we're always texting each other. And so that's a big deal. And um, I think that's one of the things with sleepers that I think is worth watching. And they do a hell of a lot of research, and they post more than anybody, and they edit those things into bite-sized pieces. So if you have a specific team, They'll try to get you on there and get you get, get their claws into you a little bit. And they've got me, I'll tell you. So um, challenge to them, uh, just give a shout out to Boiled Sports because a lot of you guys watch them too. And we do refer to them a hell of a lot more than Field of 68 because Field of 68 has rubbed me the wrong way multiple times this season. Obviously, Goodman is part of that. So Sleepers is a great place to go um, if you're looking for a third party, a non-Purdue party to just talk about Purdue. And I like to hear what other people are saying, honestly, when you're outside the Purdue family. Sleepers, they've been, they like Purdue a lot. They like Painter a lot, but they've done a couple things in the last couple weeks. I can understand what you're saying is what I'm saying. Uh, Tatsir says, I stopped watching Sleepers. They tend to <laughs> to go for the hot take too often. Yeah, I get it. I, I can understand where you're coming from. Um Ted Berkey says, we are living rent-free in the heads of Illinois. There's no doubt about that. If there's ever been a case of that in my lifetime of another fan base just being totally wrapped up in their in their thoughts of Purdue, it's Illinois. It's wild. Um, and they think there's something they're not. And they definitely think they're the victim Produce success equals them being the victim, which is such a stupid way to look at things. That's not the way things work. Produce just really good. And the other thing that they, a lot of Illinois fans are saying, and they're, they're now starting to beat this drum, which is great. When ED's gone, Purdue's going to be horrible, or they're going to fall apart. Great. Awesome. Purdue has rolled through superstars, guys that are really good. Maybe not as good as ED. There's no doubt ED is the most dominant player Purdue's had. Since Glidden Robinson. There's no doubt about that. But they've gone through All-Americans and Superstars, and they keep coming back. Will they have even much of a a lapse next year? Meaning, will they fall off? I, I mean, I don't think they fall out of the top 25 for sure. Um, and I don't really want to wish away this season. So I'm not going to dig too far into that yet. But I think next season is going to be a ton of fun. Um Ted uh, Berkey says, we're living in free. Yeah, uh, at Albany. So why does Wisconsin barely keep up with Michigan, but play us like they are a top team? Okay, again, timing. This is, Gene Katie had the best quote about this, and I've quoted it a thousand times. It's not who you play, it's when you play them. So a couple things. Number one, Wisconsin still believed when Purdue played them. I think after losing to Purdue, I think that was a pretty big gut punch to the Wisconsin team. So they, you know, they had a letdown after a loss, right? Everybody talks about the letdown game. Generally, a letdown game comes after a win. So Purdue would have uh, lost to Wisconsin in the Kohl Center. Maybe Wisconsin would have had a letdown because they put a lot of energy, a lot of heartache, a lot of heart into that game. If you saw the pregame in Madison, there were fans, not just students wrapped around the building. They were really ready to go. They really wanted that game. The fans did, and I'm assuming the players and and Coach Greg were all on the same page and um, didn't work out their way. Purdue had bigger plans, and Wisconsin showed themselves to be a pretender, as they have the last three games. But 
The bigger thing is there are some teams that are bad matchups for other teams. I don't think Wisconsin's necessarily a bad matchup for Purdue. I just think they were dialed in that game. Northwestern is a tough matchup for Purdue, and that's the one I've been trying. Like some of you guys said, you you said it to your to your spouse, your significant other, or whatever. You were explaining that idea that this is a matchup for Purdue that's tough. Really good athletic guards are a tough matchup for Purdue. Not because Purdue doesn't have any talent at guard, but Purdue doesn't have three guys that can defend anybody at guard, if that makes any sense. And Northwestern has three guards that can fill it up. They, they have really good guards. And then on the other side, they don't have bigs like Purdue. So Purdue's, you got strength versus weakness and weakness versus strength in the front court and the back court. It's an interesting thing to look at. Purdue probably will play Northwestern again in the Big Ten tournament. It's what it feels like. So I'm ready for it. It should be another good game, but I think... Well, depending on how it lines up. I think I think Purdue goes through Northwestern if they're going to win a Big Ten tournament title, which I don't really care about Big Ten tournament titles. Uh, Typovich, type, Typovich, Typovich 1 says, I live in Terre Haute, and no, I don't want ISU and Purdue, Purdue's bracket. Hell no. That's a, that's a tough team. That's a lot. Uh, that modern NBA style uh, shirts runs. Uh, they're quick guards at the uh, hit a high percentage, and they're bigs that shoot the three well. Yeah, those are two things I think that would concern. Both of those things would concern Purdue. The team that will bring Purdue's demise, I feel, in the in the NCAA tournament, regardless of when it happens. Yes, I don't think they're going to win a national title. I don't need to. I don't mean to give away the big ending, but regardless when Purdue loses in the tournament, I think it comes at the hands of a team that plays a more modern style basketball with four guys that look the same and maybe a fifth that can pop out and hit a three. That's tough for Purdue. Purdue's played it this year and they've beaten teams like that. But three or four guards that can all shoot and are somewhat interchangeable, that is really, really tough to match up with for Purdue. Purdue is a good team. Purdue is one of the most talented teams in America. They've shown it with consistency. They've shown it with beating different teams at different pace. That's all true. But I still think this is, when we look at the matchup problems, that's it. That's the matchup problem. Uh, MHC says, I'm going to go back and rewatch Wednesday's episode now and hit that like. Uh, I appreciate it. I wouldn't go back and watch Wednesday's episode. Um, I'm not trying to be, you know, like I appreciate it. 900 people watched it. That's awesome. Um, for a midweek post, I mean, there's this is one of the things that's so cool. And if you've been around for a while, you've watched the numbers grow. You've seen you've been part of growth of the of the boiled sports channel that's great and we get 2,000 2,500 watches after a game you'll have 400 live watches after a game it's not this is like you know I hate to sound like a coach or say something too cliche but it's not because of me it's because Purdue's product is good it's an easy thing to to talk about um, and I can talk as you if I've got any skill at all it's speaking and filling the air with words it's not the best thing to say about myself but um, a midweek post that's not a game affiliated post to have close to a thousand that's awesome and I feel bad that that is some of the somebody that's their first watch of boiled sports hopefully they come back and watch this uh, Jack Leonard 22 says I want Nebraska in the Big Ten tournament so Purdue can have defeated all the Big Ten teams yeah I, I would love for I'd love to exact that revenge I'm with you Jay um, and uh, I think that'd be fun anyway Mast is tough. Uh, he's legit tough. 
So that'll be a tough game, but I like Purdue. I like Purdue versus almost anybody in the nation on neutral courts. I mean, like that's one thing when you don't have to deal with um, when you don't have to deal with hostile crowds and refs getting lathered up in the hostile environment. I like Purdue against almost anybody uh, on a neutral court. A team that I still am bothered by. I'll be real honest. I watched Florida Atlantic lose last night, um, and I'm still bothered by that team just because I, I feel like. They could get like an eight or a nine now. They're slipping. That's a tough second round matchup. And it'd be fun for Purdue to go second round and bludgeon somebody that everybody loves and says, okay, here they come again, just to put it behind them. Almost like Carson Edwards did beating Villanova in that second round, right? But I still don't like it. You know, I don't like a lot of those eight, nine teams that look like they're going to slip into that spot. Kevin Pass says, hit that like button today, fellow Boilers. Uh, better to fill the air with words than noxious gas. I do both. Um, Ed Albanese, uh, whenever we lose in March, hope it's not to a 16 or the first or second round. Too much to ask. I don't think it's too much to ask. Okay, I'm going to talk about something, and I know I'm already I'm 36 minutes into a non-game affiliated test. They're not. That's not a quick cast. It's not a quick cast. Just like my dad says, the handsome hour is neither handsome nor an hour. A quick cast should be quick. Um you just call this a normal old pod- podcast. But one thing, I almost did this. I almost put a letter to myself as a, as a quick guess, meaning, hey, Boiler Dowd, settle down. It's all going to be all right. Life is okay. You've got much better things to focus on than being angst-ridden during a Purdue-IU game or during an NCAA tournament game. How bad am I right now? I'll tell you, I'm so bad that my wife said, what do you think about my parents coming over and watching uh, the Purdue-IU game on Saturday night? And I said, I don't think I can do it. And um, if if they're watching, they can hear the truth here. I don't think they watch this. They do. They have tuned in, but I don't think they do it very often. It's nothing against my parents-in-law. It, the problem is all on this side of the table. I get so revved up and so angry if a game's close, and I, I don't have. I can't explain it out other than it's illogical. I, I tried this season. I don't know if Jay's been able to do it. Maybe he could tell you if he's still here. If he's been able to watch games with a more sobered uh, attitude, meaning it's going to be okay. This isn't what it's about. I'm looking forward to seeing what the team does in March. None of this matters. I said that, but I'm like, at the same time, like I'm enjoying this and I want to see Purdue win every game they play. And that one versus 16 last year absolutely ruined me. Jay talks about the Virginia game ruining him being there in person, watching Purdue have their heart ripped, ripped, hearts ripped out by Virginia. That ruined him. Well, that one sixteen game ruined me in a different way in that I felt so confident about the outcome of that game, meaning Purdue's going to beat a number 16 seed, that I had people in my house. I never have people in my house for Purdue tournament games other than uh, uh, an inner circle that knows what they're going to get from me. I mean, it's going to be blazing hot, words that I shouldn't be saying because I'm angry but I had everybody here and that was a tough day and you guys saw the post afterwards but it kind of wrecked me and I need some medicine I need some salve on that wound that says it's okay buddy you're all right you don't need to get that angry so that's just a sidebar uh, yeah, Purdue needs to get past uh, the first round without losing and Jay has been saying this for a month month and a half that Purdue is going to beat the hell out of there. If they're a number one seed, which it 
looks like they're going to be a number one seed. Let's not forget, they stayed at a number one seed in, in spite of losing four of their last eight. This year it's similar because of their strength of schedule, their quad one wins. They've already done their homework. That's the thing that's crazy. They don't have much to gain at the end of the season, but they have a lot to lose. But I don't think it's going to go like last season. Jack Lantern says, don't worry, this game won't be close. I hope you're right. I think you're right. Um, at the same time, um, my wife and daughter are going to go watch the game at my parents-in-law's house, law's house Why I sit in a dark room by myself, I assume, and watch the game. Hopefully, uh, LBD will be with me and maybe somebody else. Who knows? But, yeah, I've got a problem. Um, he says, no, I'm not any better. Jay says, no, I'm not any better. I'm literally already thinking about how to watch the tournament games alone. This is not a joke, by the way. Jay's talking about it. I told you Anish has talked about it, and we talked about having a um, a Twitch live stream during a game and uh, the fun that might be. I think we could all do it during football. I think we could all handle it during football. Um, we still get revved up, but it's not the same. It is just not the same. So we could handle that situation. We could not, as a group, handle having a Twitch live stream during a basketball game versus a ranked opponent, versus a rival, and surely during the NCAA tournament. In fact, Anish talks about watching the game alone, dark room. Um, I'm the same. I'm very much the same. Kevin Pass says, the angst has led me to listen and watch, uh, listen more than watch. That's good. Radio background, more than just listen. Hear versus listen. It's too much sometimes, but this year, way less stressful, and our team is very good. This this Boilermaker team is very good. That can't be discounted. Um, people, It's funny. I've heard multiple national pundits say, well, it's because the nation isn't that good. There are two great teams, a handful of really good teams, and that's correct. UConn and Purdue are the two great teams. They are, have been consistent all season. That next handful of teams, are they're really good and solid. But there's more parity in college basketball than there's ever been. The rules are changing. This is not a weak Purdue team. When you look back, when we when we watch highlights of this year's NCAA tournament and we see teams going to run, whoever they are, there's going to be pros. And even if they, they don't stick in the pros, there's going to be guys that are drafted, that are very talented, who are all Americans, whatever. And it's the same this year. Purdue has a special team. They have a special identity. Guys like Mason Gillis, for instance, Mason Gillis is going to go play in Europe. He's going to do really well. He's never been big enough to be an NBA type of guy. Mason Gillis is a great player. He's had a great Purdue career. Um, it's sad to see it come to an end. He's very consistent. He's an enforcer. He's one of those guys who has held Purdue's identity. And when his career is over as a Purdue Boilermaker, we're all going to be like, dang, I love that guy. And it's not just because... He's an All-American or All-Big Ten or whatever. It's because what he is. And if you watched him game in, game out for his career, you know what he means. This isn't this isn't any different. This is a great Purdue team. Dead Hoosier says, when Purdue lost to FDU, I couldn't watch any more March Madness. B-ball was done for me. Yeah, that was really tough. We went on my um, – uh, I don't think I watched another game. I know, I, I know it was a couple of days. I don't think I watched anything that – week and I hate that being taken away from me just because I love the NCAA tournament I got a hard time this week because I turned down a ticket to a hockey game um, uh, NHL game because the NCAA tournament and um, and I'm like yeah I, this is like Christmas I love the NCAA tournament but I did watch the championship I think I may have watched the final four game but I watched the championship I know I did because um, 
my kids, my wife and I were on spring break in Colorado and I wanted to see what happened. And um, I mean, it's amazing how old those teams look to me. They look like men. Their guards were big. Anyway, Typovich says, uh, hear about Dan Dockett's beef with Ray Davis. Yeah, I have. And I've tried to, so I've been trying to stay away from ancillary stuff, whether it's the the Zach Eady rumor um, in the last day from the Illinois fans. It's stupidity. And the Ray Davis thing is a little bit different. But Dockett has always had a, um, if you don't know the history, Dockett's one time called out Boiled Sports. And most of you will know this because he's been around for a while. He called out Boiled Sports on his, his, uh, Indiana radio show for for no freaking reason. We still don't know why. And he called us out by name. After that, we were like, screw this guy. And then he had the thing with Swanigan where he um, just kind of gave a, a poor uh, prediction and then came back and said he knew it all along. And you start seeing he's got a pattern of doing things. One thing sleepers note is they say he's kind of a mean guy. He seems like that's the thing he builds on. Well, what he does, he's going to pick on a smaller entity that represents someone that's easy to pick off for his viewers or listeners. At that point, it was Boiled Sports because Indiana-based, I guess, and we were tiny. Um, we'd been around a long time at that point already, but still small. You know, no network affiliation, none of that. And um, we're like, what the hell? We, we kind of reveled in it, but we're like, yeah, he's a tiny man. And so what he did with Ray Davis is absurd. That's such a stupid... See, that's the thing. He's not as good at what he used to be. Picking on Ray Davis, it looked like everybody united around Ray because he's awesome at what he does. He's worthy of being called one of the better in-studio analysts and even uh, he's improving as an as a in-game guy. He's still good at it. But what a dumb take by Dockett. She does. He says a lot of stupid things. Ed Albanese, why do you think we get so impacted by these games? In the big picture, it's only a game. This is the worst thing that happens to us. I will take it. Amen, brother. Um, it doesn't matter. In my life and in your life, it doesn't matter. Jay and I have talked about this for a long time since Purdue had Hummel, Moore, and Johnson on the team. We've talked about getting the tattoo um, that shows the year and uh, the motion P when they get in the Final Four. Real simple. But we've talked about it because we're like, okay, we're marked in so many ways by Purdue, okay? And this is a silly thing, but we've been talking about, I think we still would do it. Uh, we haven't really refreshed the conversation. But we're just talking about Final Four, not National Championship, and surely not a game in February versus IU. Why does it affect us? Hell if I know. It's not anything in our control. Um, I barely know the players on the team. I hardly know anything about many of the coaches, right? I mean, like, I don't know these guys personally, but the fact that it's a tie into my alma mater is the whole story. That's it. Why? I don't know. Why would a guy work for 17 years on podcasting and writing about his alma mater? I don't know that either. But I still enjoy it. I feel fat, passionate about it. It makes, it's a little bit of texture to life. Um, anyway, Kevin passed up the above says Purdue better than Detroit Pist Pistons. And he's referencing all the Pistons problems and benching Ivy early in the season. Asinine fashion. Ivy now. Showing the league who's up or who's the deal, um, and um, good for him. Good for good for Ivy for uh, fighting through this. Uh, Nolan twenty three says hi, Dad. Hello. Um, and uh, let's see, mm, let's see. Nolan twenty three says, "What did you screw up? You're gonna have to go back and watch if you want to find out." I just want to apologize for screwing it up, Nolan twenty three. Uh, I just didn't do a very good job. That's it. You don't have to go back and watch. 
Um, appreciate you tuning in live. But uh, yeah, thank you guys. It's 47 minutes into this quick cast. Quick cast. Um, Dead Hoosier says, he says something maniacally. Steve, that's it. That's a show. We'll call that a wrap. Jay, thanks for uh, sounding off and being here. I hope uh, I hope this quick cast was good, uh, was a little bit improved. I really, I mean, you don't have to tell me. It, honestly, I felt bad about it. It was just me. So um, until we talk after the IU game, that'll be a late one. Uh, that'll be a late post game. So you're looking at, what, 11, 1130? Eh, no, maybe not that. 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock Saturday night, we'll know. Um, if Purdue handled their business, which they should versus IU, IU is not that good of a team this year, but still a rivalry game. Um, that's something. Another reason Purdue's got to be got to be ready, got to be dialed in. So um, Kevin Past also has some confidence in the uh, in the game on Saturday. It's good to see Purdue owes them for for sweeping Purdue last year. That's it's that simple. So uh, until we talk again, God bless you. Hammer down. We'll see you soon. See ya. <laughs>